Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hello. 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 Hey. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hey, Dave. Hi. I'm doing great. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, And hi, hi, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing? You know, I'm great. Welcome, weary adventurers. (laughs) (laughs) And some kind of horseshit. Sure. Uh, Listen, uh, my name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst among amongst thieves betwixt amongst thieves, betwixt I, thieves. I, as a kid as a little kid i always wanted to say dungeons and dragons like does that does your, does your does your brain ever try to make you say that or am i the only no, one no you're the only one all right we're thieves but we help the wrong person steal the wrong thing and unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known the Red Wizards created an army of the undead. Sounds lovely. Quite the opposite. I know I was being ironic. I find irony is a blade that cuts he who wields it most especially. You're not a lot of fun, are you? Oh my goodness, folks. Oh this is, um, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, this is out, this, you know, the weekend. It is uh, doing okay at the box office. Yeah. Uh, it is a Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons uh, movie directed by... Two people. Uh, didn't they do? What did they do? Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. They did a uh, game night. Well, they wrote game night anyway. And vacation. Were yeah. They, wait. Yeah. And um, of course, John Francis Daly was on Freaks and Geeks. Right. And uh, it looks like uh, the some writing for Spider Man. It looks like too. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, and so. Um, yeah, this is like a adventure Dungeons and Dragons movie. It's a, uh, you know, it's it's clearly trying to start a new brand, right? Yeah, um, this is clearly trying to start a, a whole franchise. Like I know that they right. greenlit a spinoff series that'll be coming to Paramount Plus. Their plan is to make. Oh, more. really? Yeah, their plan oh, is to make more movies. I think they'll probably. Uh, y- you can tell watching this, like Dungeons and Dragons is a big world, so obviously this is kind of like their core characters i guess but you right. know they, they could do a, a number of di- it could be just like marvel in in the sense that they could it's, do a number of different movies that focus on different characters and different parts of the of the dungeon and dragons world so yeah this is clearly yeah. meant to kick off like a, a marvel cinematic universe of sorts like a big franchise. right uh, uh, it's very it's very easy to make this a cinematic universe because yeah. that's what dungeons and dragons that's what dungeons and dragons basically is. is yeah it's just very it's very bold of them to already do a spin-off series um when they've only done one movie they should they should focus on the movie first but um i guess uh, uh let's start off by asking that question tom how did you like this i actually liked this a lot me too i, I, th- I thought it was really charming and funny and you oh yeah even though I'm, you so, can 
I just wanted to say real quick, you can feel yeah. the Marvelness in there, but it's like it's the the comedy is much better written than the typical yes. Marvel movie. So even yeah, though it, it has a similar kind of, you know, playful tone, it still knows when to be serious and the jokes are sharper and it's just it's really charming and fun. I really enjoyed it. You can feel the Marvelness in we should say the humor, but I wouldn't say in the general tone. Mm-mm. Uh and I would say it's um so yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um and uh like I'm not against the spin-off series. No, but not I'm at just all. like, come on guys, take it easy. You know, uh take your time here. Make a sequel to this. Um cuz I want to see a fucking sequel to this cuz yeah, I enjoyed yeah. this. I want to see 18 of these. Uh, all yeah, all different so did, kinds of uh of Dungeons and Dragons movies. Yeah. So did all the little fucking there's a bunch of little dirtbags and like little kids in my uh theater oh, yeah. and they loved it. Little, like 6-year-olds, 6 to 8s, yeah. Little scoundrels. Uh, yeah, little scumbags, and they they enjoyed it, and I that made me happy because I was like, oh, good, it's not just me, like an adult man, uh, in this theater enjoying this stupid movie, like people, you know, families, uh, kids of all ages, etc. So that made me happy, and um, yeah, it, it, this was generally just a lot of fun. Yeah, um, in a movie that is competently structured and written, you know, like that's the other thing is. Um, I hate that the bar's this low, but this is like this is not nonsense. It's pretty straightforward in right. that but it's also pretty fun in the way it tells the story and does stuff. Um it felt like a D and D campaign as well to me. Oh yeah. Like they have to stop and do a number of like the quest from the beginning is clear. Oh, they have to break into this castle. Uh we're gonna spoil this movie, by the way, because we always do. Yeah. They have to break into this castle to thwart Hugh Grant, who has betrayed them, was once once a, once a friend, now a foe, and is raising Chris Pine's daughter uh, because he got them all sent to prison. So they got to break into the palace in Neverwinter um, and get Chris Pine's kid back, and also this little stone tablet that can bring Chris Pine's wife back to life. Um, right. But they have to do a number of side quests first. Like they have to form a team. They have to find some helmet. And to find the helmet, they have to do another side quest. And it's like it, you can feel the side quests in it, but it, it's never, it's never, it never feels meandering. No, um, because it, yeah, it, it, it is, it is absolutely meandering in that it's like, oh, go get this to get this to get this. Uh, but again, so what it is is it's. I don't know if I'm being more forgiving of this because it's D and D, but that's part of why it felt like D and it also felt like when we talked about the humor um the characters like not quite taking everything that seriously like that's what we're talking about right with the marvel humor is like something dangerous happens and then the character says a joke right uh, but it's not exactly that though and it, i did think it was interesting that tr- true to like like this this obviously was written by D and D fans people who are really into dungeons and dragons yes. uh so the two characters like the druid the wild shape druid and the uh, the paladin who are serious character it's a serious class type in the game the both of those characters right. are relatively serious but they find a way to make the paladin funny because he's almost a little kind of like drax and guardians of the galaxy where he just takes yeah the paladin's incredible the paladin was They're so cool lawful good <laughs> yeah um, it's extremely he's so lawful good that he won't come with them to break into the palace which i was a little disappointed about because i thought he was so cool well, like, they also they yeah. had to nerf them a little right, bit yeah, because he was, he was so good. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess what it is is that like 
it's so uh, there's the meta aspect where I'm watching it. I'm imagining people playing D and D, which you don't really, you probably shouldn't do that. W- judging this movie, uh, but I, there's I, stuff where it's like from, there's critical fails that happen. Yeah, there's plans that they do that are very funny. That's the kind of bullshit that someone would think up. Yeah, um, the um the hither grab, hither like spell what when they the the whole scheme to put the portal on a piece of treasure and get that inside the treasure vault that that first of all was really really clever and was a great I really fun liked sequence. that and second it does feel like something that like a group of D players would sit there it's like okay we can't we're not strong enough to break through this magic seal how the hell can we get inside this room and come up with something weirdly convoluted like that that the dm has to roll with like it if i could i i, I totally understand what you're saying but i, I I felt that in a good way watching the movie. Like, oh, I yes. can feel like like every time Michelle Rodriguez beats the shit out of people, all I could think of was playing D&D with you specifically, Dave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's, shoving that it's, guy into the forge. I was like, oh, that's a Dave move. <laughs> it works really well. Um, and like, I, I, I hate to compare this to Marvel, but it's going to be compared to Marvel because that's yeah. the other big blockbusters that happen. But I want to kind of break down what makes this in my mind, way superior as a fun blockbuster. Because the other thing this doesn't have is... Well, it does. It, it's tr- it's sad when it needs to be sad. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have the characters like joke during those scenes. Right. It, it knows um, when to be serious. Yes. Like when it, to let it, an emotional scene play. Yeah, which I would argue uh, Marvel still does as Sometimes. Well. It depends um, on the movie. It really depends, it depends on the on movie. It depends on the movie. Uh, but this is mostly fun. And then there's the... Um, yeah, like uh, the, the it's kind of a heist film. So like you're saying, it's kind of clever. And what it also comes down to is like, it's not, it's it's the action. There are scenes, right? Like you mentioned Michelle Rodriguez. There's the ending scene where they're all fighting, but they do it in a way that's like clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it helps that like, because of the way a and d campaign works, Chris Pine, for example, useless in a fight that's the whole idea kind like of. he can he, he's he, good he, at he throws do, down a little bit but yeah. he's like sucker punches a lot i do show that they they I, I do show i do like that they show him doing like a bard spell like when he yeah is distracting the guards i was thinking it was like oh he's like he's being the bard right now and he like yeah. he there's one point where he gets everybody kind of like when michelle rodriguez visits her her ex-husband halfling bradley cooper little tiny little bradley incredible incredible (laughs) incredible cameo because it took me like a minute before i realized it was him (laughs) because he's not playing it like a bradley cooper role he's He's not he's he's playing it very it's like a like a hobbit it's a a very it's a very sweet and kind of heartbreaking scene because he's yeah he's like this really nice guy and and, uh, i don't know it's just a very sweet scene and he basically explains that you know, Michelle Rodriguez got kicked out of her barbarian clan because she fell in love with with this halfling man, and they tried to make a life together. But she was always gone because she couldn't get over the fact that she had left her her clan or had been kicked out of her clan. So, right, um, it ends up being this. You know, it's funny because it's tiny little Bradley Cooper, but it's it's like a genuinely emotional scene. Anyway, at the end of that scene, yeah. Chris Pine cheers up the party by playing a song. I'm like, oh, he's doing bard shit. <laughs> yeah, he's doing bard shit. That's what it is. Right, is yeah, that he is they pretty didn't... useless when when the yeah, when fight my, fights break out. 
Yeah, my fear going into this movie, and I was excited going into it, and I I kind of expected it to be good, uh, but I was, you know, it, you know, it, in my mind, the way it could not be good is if they did the Marvel thing and like kind of like that Adam Project movie where everybody fought like a superhero. Yeah. I was waiting for that shit, and instead they used the strengths of the way Dungeons and Dragons work, where it's like, yeah, you have a bard, you have a wizard, you you have a barbarian, and they all have different strengths and weaknesses, and they're actually playing with that mm-hmm. um, so that the characters aren't... That, it's, it's Again, it's clever. And perf- I think some of the... What's that? I was just going to say real quick, to be perfectly honest, like that must have been really fun for the writers to 100%. be able to, to sit there. And it's like, okay, there, because Dungeons and Dragons is a game with so many source books and so much rules about how each class works and what powers they have. Like that must've been really fun to look through it and be like, Oh shit, this, this character can do this in the game. That would look pretty sweet in a movie. Let's do that. Right. And it's just generally fun to, um, play with these ideas right like i think that's why people talked about the first two ant-mans versus the third which which pretty much bombed the third ant-man i mean it i think it didn't break 500 million or something it made Um, yeah it didn't make as much money it was as it was it clearly intended to and they had a huge like week two drop off and one of the big people things people point out is that the first two ant-mans have a lot of fun with the shrinking environment and the third one just doesn't have that and and so there's like like the better marvel movies tend to be clever right in the Mm -hmm. way they do things whereas you watch like and i I don't mind civil war but it's just people fucking fighting each other right just Um, real quick that's the that's like the fun part i would think or at least one of the fun things about writing a superhero movie and this is not dissimilar dungeons and dragons is what i just described like sitting down okay Cyclops can shoot a laser out of his face. Like what, what's a fun way we can play with that? Yeah. Right. And like, I feel like things get very, you can tell they lost their passion when it's just like, and they fight. Um, And we talked about this sort of in the John Wick review, which is like, if you don't have like, uh, like real stunts to offer and this movie actually did Dungeons and Dragons. I was impressed with the choreography. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what do you do? And it's it, that's you have to be clever if you're going to do a CGI wizard battle or something. So, for example, in this, the wizard fights the evil wizard, and they both form big hands, Those are, and that's the a hands real spell. are fighting each other. That's a yeah, real oh, spell. of course it is. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot of fun to I, watch. And I, then, like, the hands interact with them. Like, he gets thrown, and his hand catches him. Yeah, uh, it's such a good and, fight. Like, it is, and it's just CGI bullshit, but it's good because the it's like, what there. a clever idea. Yeah, and they, they find little games to play, you know, to keep you in, in engaged in it, and the people are always there, too. It's not like a, a CGI Iron Man. It's still like Justice Smith standing there having to cast right. spells. It was, I was just going to say, it was fun watching this with Marina, because every time they would mention something or do some kind of spell or some kind of creature, <laughs> she'd lean over to me like, that's from the game, it's this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> she, knows it, she knows it all, yeah. Yeah, she got lost her mind when they said they were going to go to Baldur's Gate because it's one of her I favorite know. game series. And they talked about Waterdeep as well. They sure did, Dave. One of the yeah. lords of Waterdeep was at the Sun yes. Games and he got turned into a corpse with red mist. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the red mist. That's another example of, um, uh, okay, so they are still just doing the thing. And what I mean by doing the thing is like blue light in the sky, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, with this evil wizard. Evil wizard wants to do the thing. Uh, 
Uh, but they it, they at least made it more visually interesting where all these veins was, come out and uh, well, this cool uh, red mist and they turn into weird goblins. And that's what I mean where it's like you're still technically doing the thing, but you're doing it in a way where you're actually thinking about like, how do I make this look different? Right. And you this, know, people the, have. Go ahead. Oh, it's just like everybody's seen a dragon. Have they seen a chubby dragon? Have they seen a fa- <laughs> I, the fucking tubby <laughs> dragon, Dave? Incredible. Um, I want to I get back to the Tubby Dragon in a second, but I just yeah. wanted to say that the way this blue light in the sky in this movie is smaller stakes. Uh, it's not like a global threat. It's just the threat yeah. is threatening the people in this arena. Uh, so it reminded me more of like the ending of Batman, like Joker's ultimate plan is to gas everyone at this parade. Right. Uh, and that's basically... Smaller and, stakes is a big deal right. as well. Yes. Yeah, because you can see it. Yeah. It's it's so I, I likened it more to that, which is still you know a, the same blue light in the sky type threat, but it feels less. It's it's always better for me when it's less vague and less like you start to get your your eyes start to glaze over, particularly in the Marvel movies where every new threat is this universal cosmic like planetary threat that's going to destroy the whole world with a laser beam from the sky or something like that absolutely and when everybody's just has the same amount of power like we talked about this before with like when dr strange fights scarlet witch there's some interesting shit there i mean dr strange can do some really cool shit that first movie was really fun for that reason but when they stop kind of thinking about it with care it gets to this point where i'm like i don't even know who's more powerful than who you know, like, I, I, I don't even know what it matters. Like, um, when two, like, big characters or two Iron Men or whatever are going at it where it just feels very samey. Whereas, like, this is a sorcerer battle where, yeah, they do certain things with it. Like I said, the hand stuff. Um, where it's, the point being that it's all the same shit. Um, but it's supposed to be. It's a blockbuster movie for all ages about good versus evil it can it be, is essentially it can be done better is what i think we're both circling that's kind of what we're saying yeah and it's not i don't want to say it's a superhero movie because it's in every movie star wars is this um you know fantasy films have always been this every it's it's yeah Willow, it's, do, it's doing all it's, the things that pg-13 action adventure blockbusters try to do yeah and have been doing since the fucking forever since the 80s um yeah uh, and so, like the the most recent and b- most obvious comparison is that block is that superhero films also try to do this. Um, it's just nice to watch it done in a way that just feels uh, generally more fun and kept my interest. I, I will right. say, it had, it, oh, I just wanted to say real quick, it had yeah. that it had that kind of weirdness factor too. Like it's fun not being as familiar yeah. with Dungeon the Dungeons and Dragons world, even though I've played it since i was a kid i i you know i've only ever read a couple of source books so there's there's vast amounts of this universe that i don't know anything about so it was fun to just like see like like the like jarnathan the fucking eagle man like it was funny to just see eagle men show up and like when yeah. the paladin pulls a baby cat person out of this giant yes. fish's mouth and hands it to grateful cat mom person that's um, the other thing it just it, it feels it can, I, yeah i just feels, wanted to, to finish the thought yeah, yeah. It, it does the it does the it's able to do like the moss Eisley cantina thing where it, it yes. can surprise you by reminding you that, oh, I still don't really know what the limits of this world are. You know? Yes, and it, it feels in a, in fresh. A fun, in a fun way, yes, and it feels fresh. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And, like, you know, if you make 20 of these, yes, it'll start of getting course. less fresh. Right. But right now, it's like it doesn't feel like they're just trying to do Marvel because they are, like we're saying, like they have a source material. And they're, and they're like, we've talked about this in the past, which is like, 
when everybody wanted to be the next Harry Potter, they made like Percy Jackson. And it was like, no, you don't understand what it means to be the next Harry Potter until Marvel came around. And Marvel became technically the next Harry Potter. What they really mean is the next thing that makes next, a lot of money. The next biggest thing in the industry. That you can make 20 films of. Yeah. Um, which I would argue that that general model is a problem that is new. You know, like, we've I always think, made sequels, but, like, I in the th- 90s, we didn't make a thousand Jurassic Park movies. We just kept right. making different blockbusters. And there's, but, there's a promise that Star Wars and Marvel haven't delivered on, which is like, this is such a vast universe, we can tell any number of stories about any number of different characters. But Star Wars and Marvel just seem to keep telling the same stories about the same characters. Right, and they, yeah. Hopefully, with something like Dungeons & Dragons, which is a little less bespoke, because it really is, yeah, there's a lot of, like, lore and and facts and stuff about the universe, but the whole point of Dungeons & Dragons is to be a sandbox for people to make up stories within. Right. So uh, it hopefully is, yeah, it they is. recognize that as they continue to... Fr- Obviously, the makers of this film understood that. Right. More than... Yeah. And more than any of the other source material, this is a good one for that. Yeah. And so, like, talking it's, it's about that idea... It's what it's designed for. Yeah. I'm not sure studios should strive to be the next Marvel or next Harry Potter. I really well, don't think that's good, a good way to make movies. But if you are striving to do that, this is how you do that, which is that this is taking... It's not trying to literally be Marvel. It is taking another new universe and having fun with it in a charming way that will may hopefully attract people to it. Um, because it does feel like a different world. Um, the rules are madness, you know, like it's it's gobbledygook um, because it's uh, because it's like a wizard can be basically just be like, I'm not powerful enough for that. Or like, here's this thing traps, so you can't do magic, right? So the writers can just make up whatever shit they want. Um, but I think it, what it makes never, up for that, personally... It never, it never feels like that. Even though well, that is it, what they're doing. Like, it all, like the, the magic blocking bracelets that they put on Justice Smith and uh, Sophia Lillis. Like, it's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's the writer just being like, oh, you can just come up with, ever, with whatever. But, like, I know those items exist within Dungeons & Dragons. So, I don't know, it just, it didn't... I didn't right. see well, the writing in those moments. Like it felt, it felt like organically part of the same world. Like it never felt. I like didn't a cheat feel it at me. the time. I didn't feel it at the time. It's uh-huh. just, it's still like it's all nonsense, right? right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, how do we do this? Oh, I can, I can, you know, like they do the joke where they're like, "Can't you just magic this? Can't you just magic that?" And he's like, "People don't understand magic." And then they're like, "What about this?" And he's like, "I actually can magic that." Where they know, they know it's nonsense. Yeah. Um, and they know they can just sort of like take things back or do change things you know but it's 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 the story is well crafted enough that it's it's not copping out based on that idea but what i wanted to say is the fact that also there's a bunch of character like i think what makes it work for me is um the the limitations of each character mm-hmm. more than anything yeah like you look at you look at marvel and it's like Okay, Iron Man isn't magic, right? Uh, and so, like, over there you got Doctor Strange, and he can pretty do much do anything through magic. But Iron Man, he's not magic, so he shouldn't have those rules. Except he's got, like, nanobots, and, like, he'll just, like, make a shield appear, or, like, get sudden rockets, or, like, have a different weapon. And it's, like, it still doesn't feel like there's rules, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, everybody's kind of magic in that world at a certain point, because the technology is also magic, because we don't really feel like 
we know what anybody can necessarily do. Whereas here, like Chris Pine, it's like he him versus a wizard is just not going to work out. Right. Um, Michelle Rodriguez, like specifically does, you know, sword stuff, axe stuff. Right. Like, so there are still, there's still a structure to the characters. Um, the one that's like probably the most difficult is the, um, uh, what's her name who can transform. Yeah. Um, Sophia Lillis, I forget her. Doric, I think is her name. In Doric. The movie. Yeah. That's a tough one because it's like, she can, there's so many parts where I, I was thinking like, she could probably transform here and do something uh so they have to kind of like that's like a, that's gonna be a tough one to write around you know what i mean yeah i th- but they I, do I, pretty good with it they do by they they always come up with different situations um where it's like it's not always it doesn't always make sense for her to like owl bear out for instance right um but I do they like good with it this time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked the chase when she has to transform into like five different animals. Yeah. That I, that one or that fake one or that yeah, was really fun. Was so fun. Where she's like a yeah. mouse and then goes into a, uh, a, uh, knight's outfit and, and like keeps changing. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. They're having a lot of fucking fun. Again, that's the sort of thing where what we're watching is all fucking CGI, but it's, it's clever. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Um, and, and so like, it's just nice to see something where it's like everybody's sort of invigorated They're They, they like this world. They want to play with it. And they started pretty small scale. And, and there, it's just nice to see people who are enjoying themselves making a movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, and so like <laughs> everybody have fun out there. That's the most important thing. Yeah, really seriously. And it's, it's also kind of creepy. Uh, they have, they do hint at like uh fucking Thanos in this. Where she's talking to that weird skull dude. Oh yeah, I assume that was like the San Taz or whatever that the main sure. red mage. But there's a lot of like super evil shit in D and D that they can right. play with. But they're definitely doing that, right? And that's that's the one thing that I I wish they kind I wish they wouldn't, but I know they're gonna. Which is like I wish every movie was a different adventure. Like I I I don't want a Thanos. I just want like multiple just adventures is that weird because no one does that even star wars has big bad you know Uh, that that seems to be what one potential direction for a franchise that they've talked about which would be cool yeah Um, i want indiana jones you know new MacGuffin every time yeah and not even necessarily the same cast characters which has also been floated as a possibility i'm reading um, which oh, would be which would be great. Like obviously, we, I would love to see more films with this cast, but also just totally new people on a different event. Like they, we get we get a peak of the Underdark, which is where all the drows are, and like forgot popular Forgotten Realms characters like Driz, Dirt, and um, so right. there's a bunch of cool shit they could do with the Underdark. Um, there's just different, you know, and then there's other planes of existence. There's just other. There's so many different areas of this universe where you could just tell like uh, you know have your own like four or five i don't know like you could you a bunch of different franchises within this one franchise you could potentially do just about all these different areas it's 100 percent. yeah so I, I hope that's what happens I, I don't know yeah uh i i just hope they keep having fun i hope they continue the weird chaos of it all too because again, like you know what this feels like to me? It feels like why people like James Gunn and superheroes. Because James Gunn recognizes that superheroes are a volatile, like idea where it's like 
they're all kind of maniacs mm-hmm. and like because their powers are so strong like terrible shit can happen um and because they're doing this idea of like you know it, it feels like this the, the again they it they really it really feels like they're rolling a die every time they do a task uh and for <laughs> that reason there's this element of chaos that i love i love i love the 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 first plan they do when they're in jail and this was also very good narratively very good idea so it starts with chris pine in jail and he's explaining his background to for parole and he keeps like wondering where this one guy is uh which turns out to be the bird person jarnathan and you think jarnathan yeah and you think like oh he has a relationship with this guy and he keeps stalling but it's a very nice exposition to show how did he get to this point um, so it works really well. And he tells this sob story about his wife dying and his kid being, you know, uh, uh, basically when he went to jail, she, he lost his kid. And then finally, Jonathan shows up and you learn that they just want to grab him and jump out the window yeah. and use the bird person <laughs> to fly to out, yeah. which is the most D and D fucking thing ever. Like that is perfect. Cause that's exactly the kind of bullshit that somebody would pull in a campaign oh, right. and have to roll a die and get like a 16 and they'll be like, well, it kind of it pretty much worked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and it, the, the fact that as soon as they dive out the window, the parole board is like, but we granted you a pardon. But we granted like, you. That's, that's perf- like that's perfectly Perfect. drives that home because invariably as a person who's DM'd many sessions, uh, the players will do something bug fuck crazy for absolutely no reason. Yes, yes. And it also sets up this character, Chris Pine, who we love already. I loved him after that first scene. Right, yeah. Uh, It helps that he's Chris Pine. Of course. Who, by the way, Chris Pine, like, the other thing is, you know, Chris Pine kept being in, like, the Smoke and Aces guys movies and Stretch and Smoke and Aces. Uh, Chris Pine can play, like, a lunatic, like, a fun, like, weirdo really well, and people don't let him do that. And it's really nice to see him kind of play. Again, he's not the hero in this. He's well, he's he's a scoundrel, right? Yeah. He's, uh, but he's also like, you know, Michelle Rodriguez is basically um, the person who actually kicks ass for him. Yeah. While he he's just like he's like a slimy dude. They do the thing where they're like, "What is your use?" And yeah. he's like, "Well, I plan things. I'm a planner." And it's a great use of Chris Pine. Um, it is. I, 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 I do. I will push back a little bit. He is clearly the hero, and he's you know he's not. Of course, he's, not, he's the hero. He's not. I'm that saying that they slimy. don't. It's just like it's funny that they let him be kind of a, a buffoonish scoundrel. Right. Uh, yeah. He's ob- Yeah. He's. It, it's. It's again. It's D and D. It's everybody is this like variation of lawful and chaotic and evil, uh, and it's very fun that they very clearly probably sat down and said like okay which one am i where I know, do i where I, do i rank here i know you can D D released character sheets for each of these characters so you can like of actually course. download them and see what their alignment is that's perfect um and so like just all of this makes for like very fun fucking yeah it's scenario. fun it's fun because D D is kind of at its core like storytelling um it's a storytelling tactic right like the alignment sheets it's about hanging out with your friends and coming up with a story together yeah 
like just playing and, it out as it happens like and that that's what it is um so and i think yeah. they, there's a lot of leeway because of that in my head where it's like shit can be silly in this things can go really wrong things can go really right uh and I think it's just that tone, that source material, it really works for that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like I, like I said, it's at its core, it, it really is just a sandbox. It's the whole D&D exists to be a universe in which you can make up stories. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's perfect for ad an adaptation. Um, yeah. cause you can do, you pretty much just do whatever you want. <laughs> There's no, pretty you don't much. have to have Iron Man in it. Like they're not they're not sort of handcuffed by that where it's like, well, we have to have this character, this character, this character, and this character. If it's going to be a Dungeons and Dragons movie, there's no real like must have character in any of the, you know, there's mm -hmm. popular characters, but it's, it's never been a Dungeons and Dragons has never been about that. Right. If anything, the, the, the Iron Man of this is like seeing the creatures, right? Yes. It's like, Ooh, there it is. Like that's the must have. Is right. like, oh yeah, we gotta have like, like a dragonborn like, it's show fun. up. It, yeah, it's yeah, the dragonborn guy at the yeah. parole board. I was pretty hyped for that. I was hyped for the gelatinous cube. I was hyped yes. for the mimic. The mimic was cool. Yes, yeah, that shit. That's the shit yeah. that needs to be in here. Um, everything else is just like they can have a lot of fun, and so yeah, that I, tubby they can dragon, sort of, Dave. That tubby that's dragon. So good. That's such a good idea. It's just a dragon who clearly has eaten so many. He's a tubby dragon. People. Like I, I, I think he's probably like a legendary creature from the game, right? Like it is probably a, you know, a character, quote unquote. It's a great thing to fight because the dragon yeah. isn't that mobile, so like they can get away, but it is kind of also difficult. Uh, they were using portals, which is fun as well. That's another great um, tool to have for action. Yeah, it's just. There's something about this, and, uh, you know, it could get... I think they should reset characters. It really is, like... It, it comes down to, for me, with the thing that this has that Marvel is missing and sort of is having more and more of a trouble with is that, like, these characters just feel more vulnerable in general. So it just feels more like The Mummy or Indiana Jones, you know, where it's more adventure um, in a way where it's not just like, I'm a powerful person. Uh-oh, here's a more powerful person. Like, that gets very boring after a while, which is like, oh, it's a new villain, and he's more powerful. Yeah. Because I'm also powerful, but they're more. And then we're we're going to shoot at each other. Um, this just... There's a lot more to work with here, right? There's like the, the in terms the, of like the underdog side. Sorry, right? They're, they're, for for instance, just to illustrate what you were saying, they're these creatures that they find in the underdark, and I forget what they were called, but they're these little, basically little oh, brains yeah. that walk around these on two dildos. legs. These little these little brain dildos, um, and they like the paladin explains that they they're drawn to like mind energy, so if you think they'll come after you, um, and they feed exclusively on brains and devel devour your your knowledge. Um, right. So it's like this interesting, it's just like, there's a lot of room for stuff like that, where it doesn't necessarily have to be like the bigger, badder version of Thanos. It's just challenging in a different, really, really, yeah. es not, not esoteric, really um, abstract way. Right. Which, why, what's stopping superhero movies from doing that? Nothing. Nothing. Is it, is there nothing in the source material? Because that's what it is. Like to me is it's, they were able to, yeah, be more abstract with what, what they're that's, doing where it's like it's 
like with Marvel, their abstraction goes as far as this is a weird looking creature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't do anything that interesting. Like the latest Ant-Man is a perfect example of this because like there is stuff like that in the source material. Like um, I think I probably, well, no, actually I didn't cover Ant-Man with you. (laughs) But um, Kang is an interesting character because what makes Kang powerful is that he's a time traveler so he'll just like all the stuff that happens in in like bill and ted where they're like oh well we know that if we if we get out of this we'll come back and we'll leave a key here to get us out and they look in the bushes and a key is there like kang can do shit like that and he can also should and they should have done more with that instead it just it literally ends with a fist fight (laughs) like it's like it's such a it's like so you have this character that gives you a lot of conceptually cool things you can do but they it, it feels like marvel is so beholden to this formula that it's perfect not not perfected but like honed over um a decade and a half of movies that like every movie has to end with them punching punches yes. punch ups and it's i don't know i mean and that's basically what this is it still ends in a superhero fight but it's like it's way more interesting because everybody it, like it's it, i don't know it's just they're they're going finding back to, well yeah going back to the early ant-mans where it's shrinking yeah. We're shrinking. We're fighting on this train, but it's a toy train. I make something really uh, big all of a sudden, and it helps. Like, they're playing a game there that's interesting. Right. Um, as opposed to, yeah, the worst of Marvel, which is like, we're just going to pew-pew at each other. Uh, yeah, where it's a- just until... two CGI things punching each other. It's like, well, that the spectacle of that wears out really fast. Like, it's so just you weird need that something they don't... more than that. It's just so weird that they don't do it enough. Like Ant-Man, the new one, it's like, oh, this is uh, our homes are alive. And it's like, that's cool. Is that going to matter? No? Okay. Not at all. You know, like stuff like that. Where it's like where we, there's some interesting concepts, but ultimately the writing uh, just sort of feels like they're not going that extra mile. Whereas what we're watching here is just, they're having more fun with it. um, For example, they have to wake up corpses and ask them five questions. And they have fun with that in a in a way that's um, feels very James Gunn to me, which was like he he asked one guy that basically they re recount this battle. So they each corpse keeps having their own flashback that ends up until when they die. And if they don't have the right information, they're like, okay, moving on. And then they're like, well, we're not going to leave them alive, are we? So they have to like, okay, uh, what's your favorite color? what do you like cats like they just ask them a few more questions and they just keep in a very D fashion they're not getting the information they need so they basically just keep digging up bodies over and over again um and that's a fun use of that device right yeah, yeah. and so that's what it is where it's like yes this character is just like i have this device that lets me talk to dead people and it's like wow that's convenient but it they do something fun with it that it doesn't matter you know and it has very specific it, it has is. very specific rules like it has its own limit like i like that all yeah. the magic has its limitations yes and they comment on that yeah. where they're like this seems arbitrary um which is like a little meta uh they go a little meta here and there but again this is it's kind of needs to be um not in a way that bothers me like it's it didn't it didn't bother me because i mean that it, it like his response to that was like yeah, she's like, well, why is it five questions? Like, I, I don't know. It just did, that's just what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's magic. Yeah, that's more you know meta about fantasy genre in general, I guess. Um, yeah. The only thing that actually bothered me in this movie uh, is the one shoehorned romance. 
uh, barely a romance where the guy's like, I right. courted you. Remember me? And she doesn't even remember does him. And I thought that was great. Him. That's a funny bit. I, w- I wish they left it at that. Cause at the end he's like, can I court you again? And it's like, sure. And I'm like, ah, we don't need that. Like the biggest strength was the fact that Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez aren't, uh, romantically involved and at the, all. The movies, the emotional arc of the movie sort of hinges on that where it's like, yep. he ends up bringing her back to, and he even makes like, this movie does the emotional stuff really well when it has, like when it's when it's supposed to be there, it lets the stuff play. So he yep. ad, he admits to his daughter, even though it's it's the evil sorceress and disguises his daughter, but he still has this speech that he prepared to say to his daughter, where he's like, he admits that what he was doing was selfish. He's like, even though, like, I, yeah, I was going to go steal this stone of reawakening to bring your mom back to life, but the truth is, is I was I did this to bring my wife back to life, not your mother. Yeah. And that is sort of echoed in the ending where Michelle Rodriguez dies um, and he decides to burn the stone on her because he has this realization that she she has raised this child with him. Like she is this kid's mother. That emotionally hit me because yeah, that it did really so, hard, actually, because my my mother just passed. So it was right. like I was just in the right space for it. But I still think it was done very well. I was not in that same space and it hit me because all right, here's all right. This is it's perfect. This is a perfect um, example of it's all a cliche, but they're just doing it mm-hmm. very well. So first just, of all, there's yeah. the efficiency of it. Yeah. Because Chris we- Chris Pine's wife dies, and they're in the beginning. He's looking for this resurrection fucking tablet, and you know, you know, like watching this movie, I knew at the beginning, like he's not going to use it to bring back his wife. Of course, he's not. Um, he is going to bring back someone else who died. Like that's just of course. Right. right? He's going to have to make that choice. Yeah, you you know movies, you know that's going to happen. They do this thing where when she dies, he sees a dragonfly. And then you see a flashback where they they, you know, they they were like uh they trying, were trying to shoot to catch a dragonfly. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Um and so like dragonfly equals like their love. Sure. Very again, efficient. Uh when he's talking to the paladin, the paladin's just like, "Oh, you're going to resurrect your wife. That's cool. That's cool." Uh just just so you know, like, you know, death isn't the end, so you're going to be tearing her from whatever new life she has. And he's like, "Great, man." Uh and it's a quick conversation. <laughs> Doesn't go anywhere, but you know what basically they're planting a seed, which is like, "Yeah, uh maybe it's, maybe it's not he, good." And he has that memory where the memory of him trying to catch the dragonfly ends with it's it's not you know, it's it's yeah, it's not you can't, it's out of you can't context, it. right? She just says, "But you should just let it go." Yeah. So they're planning all these little things that's most audiences we don't need it spelled out. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, okay, he shouldn't be doing this. Got it. And then of course he says that line, and he doesn't even say it to his daughter. He says it to someone else, but we hear it. Um, and so then the, the the sneaky part, the part that I wasn't thinking about, was Michelle Re- Rodriguez and her relationship with his kid right where it's like when she first sees them she hugs her first yeah um yeah she calls her bug they talk about like she you know in his flashbacks about how he was a bad father and michelle rodriguez took pity because of the baby and it's kind of like they focus on her relationship with chris pine more and so that that's what hits you is like when she actually dies the girl is like crying over her and then you get the flashbacks realizing like right yeah that's her mother yeah it was that's yeah. really well done it was almost like a misdirect because the, yeah. the stuff with chris pine is so loud and not in a bad way but um the stuff with michelle rodriguez and the kid are is way more subtle 
Right, and again, you know, you know, this is going to happen. Yeah, like you, I knew that. Oh, a, a fucking fire, uh, not firefly, a um, dragonfly is going to show up at the end, right, to signify, no, don't bring me back, etc. Let it go, yeah. Um, and so I knew all that was going to happen, but the execution of that, very good. It was well and that's, done. That's, yeah, yeah that a- really. Like we were saying, this movie's still doing all of the same things that a blockbuster does. It's just doing them well. Yeah. It's just nice to see it done mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And nice to see it done in ways that I would argue are more creative. Like, again, with the, the beginning clever. where he's explaining his yeah. background. Mm-hmm. That's a clever way to show exposition. Or, like, how do we get into this place? Oh, we'll do this. Um, we'll do this elaborate heist. Or, like, you know, how do we get out of this big, weird arena and, like, getting like they do clever things to get out of situations. Yeah. Uh where like they like they need to get out of the arena so she's like jump in the gelatinous cube. Uh trust me. And they all jump in and she transforms into a snake right. and slithers through the mold of her finger, body before yeah. it closes. Yeah. She has one finger sticking out of the gelatinous cube so it makes a clear path for her when she turns into a snake. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> and that, to me, that is the essence of Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah. Is, is a combination of doing really clever things or really bold and stupid things that just happen to work. Uh, and, and if they keep that up, this will remain very fun to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a huge part of playing the game because you're very often in a situation where you're playing the game where like just kind of trying to fight, like just roll, die roll, fight your way out of certain situations just either isn't possible or just it's it's just not going your way. So like there's you constantly when you're playing, you're coming up with weird outside of the box, fucking crazy ass things that. The poor right. DM then has to struggle to reconcile. <laughs> right. When they transfer the gold from the hot air to the hot air balloon. Yeah. Those are little things where it's like we're having a lot of fun with a very basic idea. Mm-hmm. Like portals. Portals are in Marvel as well, right? Yeah. Uh, they're in X-Men. They're in these they even... things. And they'll have fun with it, but sometimes they don't do enough. I was just watching that fucking Days of Future Past. They have a portal character and they have a lot of fun with the portals. Um, and it's just portal here, portal there, right? This is the same thing I felt like, where it's like, okay, we have a portal wand. Uh, what do we do with it? Well, everything we possibly yeah, can. Everything think of. you can. Like the whole, the whole game of getting the buying a cheap painting and putting a portal on it and sneaking it into a treasure cart so that it'll be put into the vault so they can get inside the vault. It was such a clever and fun game. Yeah. Um, and they even do and like the, the carriage the, scene is really good. Yeah, the, yeah, it is. The whole, that whole sequence is great. Yeah, it, that's it, the kind of sequence where it's like. In a worse movie, they would pew pew it, right? And like that's why this was really fun to watch. Yeah, so I, I, it, it just to further illustrate the point that this movie is, it's just handled with a lot more care. It's but it's still doing the same thing. Is like at the end, the owl bear, uh, Doric does the same, does the Hulk Loki thing, does the same thing, turns into an owl bear right. and just slams the um, evil sorceress into the ground over and over and over again. But they still found a way to do that thing, which is even, you know, a, a thing that other blockbuster movies have yeah, done before it in a funny straight way. <laughs> yeah, that was that was straight up Avengers. Yeah. Um, I flagged that of like, ah, you just did Avengers, but I still enjoyed it. It was funny. Right. Because yeah. you wanted that to happen the whole time. You're just yeah. like, man, if she gets that owl bear on you, it's going to be lights out. And sure enough, yeah. it's lights out. <laughs> yeah. So, it was funny. Yeah. I, I rolled my eyes a little bit only because it was like straight up Avengers. But 
they um, still, it, I, it was I, funny. Yeah, it, it felt like... The um, audience liked it. Yeah. It felt like kind of like a little wink and a nod because she does the Hulk thing and then they escalate it where she like yeah. very frustratedly like slams her to the ground a couple more times and then throws her into a building. Right. <laughs> and then rocks fall on her and she's dead. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I enjoyed it. I also liked, they did kind of fun little weird meta jokes like that. Like when... um Justice Smith faces off against the sorceress. A basket blows across the street in between them. So it's like a tumbleweed. Oh, yeah, did a little, little Western thing. Um, yeah, there was some weird instinct. There were I liked it. The, uh, the obvious other groups of adventurers that were in the maze with them. Yes. <laughs> to the point that one, one of those groups was literally the characters from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Oh, that's great. They were dressed like the char- exactly like the characters from the Dungeons yeah. and Dragons cartoon. But it was that funny was to see funny. like them get released into this re- arena with like four other groups of people that are clearly other groups of adventure. Yeah. It's like the Shaun of the dead where they yeah, pass themselves. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't, there's yeah, there's a lot of fun good. stuff like that uh, in there too. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with this movie. It was, it was, it was just, it was just fun. I don't know. I keep saying it's refreshing. that word. The word yeah. is refreshing for me because blockbusters have been kind of a bummer lately for me. Uh, they've been nonsense in a way that I don't like, right. or they've just been like overly serious, or they've been like that Adam project where it's like, this feels like they you, they wanted to be everything. They, there's, um, that what that Adam project is particularly tragic to me because there's a good movie in there, like right. the, the emotional beats of that of movie like, really hit, and then it's just like we had they had to marvel the shit out of it, and you ruined it. Right, and this has a little too like a little more marvel than I'd like in it. But it definitely feels like it's calling its shot and it's saying, like, we're going to be something else. Yeah. And that's what we really need right now. Yeah. Is something that actually says, like, okay, this is our world. We're sticking to it. Um, we're going to have fun in it. And, that, and it was, it just, it was fun. And, like, yes, it, it was a little marvelly, but not, not that much. Like, that Bradley Cooper scene is funny. Um, and they're not like commenting on it, or right. like it's I like it's it. it's funny, but it's also one of the best scenes in the movie. Like it's so it's yeah. well written, it's well acted, it's very emotional, and it drives home a pretty salient emotional point. Right. Um, and it's just I don't know, I. <sighs> It's a little meta, but even the meta stuff I liked. I liked when the paladin's walking away and he's like, there he goes. Just, just walking straight, straight line. line. Is he going to go around the rock? he going to do when he gets to that rock? Right over it. Right over it. Or I, I, the thing that made me laugh the most was a visual gag, which was just when the Chris Pine like illusion of him <laughs> starts, starts breaking down. Yeah. <laughs> the eyes bulge out in the most horrifying way possible. Yeah. That was very funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So I don't know. It is. It's. This is a cliche, formulaic movie of to of its time. Yeah. That's definitely trying to capture success of Marvel. I just think it does it well. It's the same way of like when a Marvel movie is good, where it's like, yeah, it's it's a Marvel movie, but they did a good job with it. That's kind of my thought here. Is like. It, it, it's not like this isn't a world-changing film. It's no, just it's, a very a, good version of a PG-13 action adventure. What it is, is it's a cheeseburger and fries. But yeah. it's, a, it's a really good cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Or think Impossible so. Burger. That's that's what I eat. 
Yeah. Um, but you guys know it. You guys understand. It's like it's 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 candy, but it's really good candy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like they understood the five minutes into this podcast, but yeah. like there's there's not that much to say about it. Oh, Hugh Grant, great villain. Hugh, I fucking love evil Hugh Grant. He's so great. Evil Hugh Grant. He's very. I liked funny. everybody. Again, it was a very good. It's a use great of, cast. It yeah. really, it's legitimately a great cast. Michelle Rodriguez is. It's so funny that she's just been existing in films for. 20 years like uh, over 20 years now and she's never a main character she has to be stupid rich right like and she's just been like chugging along doing this thing that she's so good at and i love seeing her in everything yeah she's great she's Uh, great and she has her talents in all of these fucking like the fast and the furious and Mm -hmm. like like all of these goddamn series, oh, I did. I, I, I did great. see this. The, you probably saw the quote circulating uh, this week, where she had given an interview uh, where she said unequivocally that she's not coming back for Ava- Avatar, even if uh, James Cameron <laughs> tries to resurrect her character. She's like, no, that character needs to stay dead. That was the whole point. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that yeah, she was in Avatar. Um, she's uh, I don't know. She's great, right? Because <laughs> she also said, I mean, I've been, I've been dead and brought back to life a few times i don't need to do it in avatar <laughs> right yeah she doesn't need avatar she was in blood rain like that's all uh, you need huge film yeah yeah huge film she was in she dies tomorrow i forgot about that she was yeah r- randomly in like one scene but yeah yeah that's cool mm-hmm. that is we love cool. her we do yeah i don't have anything else um, to say dave no, I, I haven't had much to say for a while. Yeah, no. just I just enjoyed rambling. this stupid movie. It's great. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna see it again, Dave. Yeah, this is this is one that I'm probably gonna see again. This is just I don't know. If you're a D D fan, obviously you'll like it. If you're yeah. not a D and D fan, you'll probably still I like think it. I think you'll probably um, still like it, yeah. Yeah. If you As want long as you're just, not like super against fantasy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's got you're gonna again, be it's got there that the whole time being like fucking nerds just boiling right. over. Yeah, it's not the film for you. Right. But it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's good fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, that's one one more thing. Oh, one more thing I really liked. Uh, and it's very brief at the beginning. After they escaped the prison, did you notice that they did, I think it's called Tilt Shift. They did the effect where they look kind of like miniatures in a big uh, background, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a D&D reference uh, to the idea of miniatures on a map. And, and the... Um, the Again, they didn't direct Game Night, but these, at least I don't think, but these writers, uh, Game Night does the same thing, where it frequently does that to make the setting look like game pieces on a game board. Right. It was a really good idea. And also just a very good intro of having them just in these exotic lands uh, riding. I don't know. Good movie. It's good. Fun. It's good. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Mm. Patreon dot com slash why are, you, why are you doing it weird i don't know gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed uh you go on there there's a uh, exclusive podcast such as tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder's maniac star trek the next futurama and spiel boys we watch movies every friday night with our patrons um and uh, we have a Discord, lots of fun. Sometimes we stream. We used to stream D&D. Boy, oh, I want to play D&D now. We sure did. We actually never finished that miniseries. There was like one or two yeah. episodes left. We'll have to do that one day. Um, <laughs> we also have a store. Head over to GameFanEmployed.com where we have a link to our Teespring store. We get all kinds of cool 
uh, original artwork and designs on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your pudgy dragon yeah. peepers onto that. I need to get... I miss um, fucking Robert DM. That was... Oh, his gnarly-ass <sighs> world. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Robert <laughs> Evans was our DM for a while, folks. Long and time, it, yeah. You can You can just imagine what that would be like. <laughs> you know... <laughs> It the was answer, dark. The answer is dark. <laughs> it's I, a, whole, I, a whole universe he had created within Pathfinder rules. Yeah, I completed my character's arc because I killed the one nippled orc that. Uh, That's true. Yeah, that got you, away early on. You bowling balled a lot of people. I did the orc. I'm sorry, folks. The you orc made puppets out of a lot I, of people. Um, it was one of the last things I did in that campaign. I chose to dive into his mouth, um, and I rolled perfect 20 you sure did and dave so, and so i did i dove into his mouth and split him in half <laughs> with my body yeah that was the best thing i've ever done in my life <laughs>